guys, welcome to another episode of the Good Morning, Good Night podcast. I just said welcome to another episode. <laughs> Sorry, we've been in production for a long time, so I've kind of gotten used to saying that. Welcome to the very first episode of the Good Morning, Good Night podcast. I am your host, Isabel. Nice to meet you. Now, before we get into things, just make sure that you hit the subscribe button so you can stay up to date with future episodes. And I also would like to just say a very big thank you. I know we've had a really big following on Instagram waiting for the pre-release, and I'm so excited that I finally get to share it all with you now. So I just want to say thank you, thank you. If you want to follow us over on Instagram just to be even more in the loop, it's going to be at Good Morning, Good Night Podcast. Once again, good morning, good night podcast. I also really quickly would like to say thank you to everyone who lended their hand in making this podcast possible, whether it was through the cover art, the music, the editing. I appreciated it so, so much. And I appreciate every one of you who subscribed for the pre-release. I'm so excited. I'm so happy to be here. And I'm also honestly shocked that so many of you wanted to know what I had to say. But don't worry, it'll be a fun, fun time this season. I have a lot of cool things planned, a lot of people to talk to, a lot of things to talk about. So let's dive right into this episode. Like a lot of you, I myself have been super bored during this whole last year with coronavirus and everything going on out in the world. We've had a lot more time at home and it seems that even though everything's super, super busy outside of the home, that we're still, I don't know, you just have a little bit more time to like lounge around. I'm so busy. <laughs> I literally, I'm at work most of the day. But for some reason, I find that at home, I'm consuming more media than I have in my whole entire life. I'm watching more movies. I'm on TikTok more. I'm on Instagram more. I mean... Not exactly sure what that's about, but maybe it's just because of corona, I've spent more of my time digitally than actually having more free time, since I don't really have more free time. I don't know, it just kind of feels like it. But um, one of the things I've been doing is actually watching a bunch of movie trailers, and I've watched so many movies because of it. And of course, TikTok is the ultimate killer You'll be on there and then someone will post a scene from a movie and it just looks so good and you just have to check it out. You have to be in the loop. So that's what I've been doing. And there's one called, I want to say it's called A Promising Young Woman. I definitely want to see it. I haven't seen it yet. Um, but I've been watching a lot of reviews on it and it seems so, so good. I had seen the trailer. It didn't seem like my kind of movie. However, a lot of reviewers are saying that it really goes unexpected. There's a lot of metaphors in it. And I'm a very creative person. And so a lot of times when I watch a movie, I'm paying attention more to the videography side of things the colors that show up on screen, um, the way that the actors uh, emit emotions. I'm paying more attention to the fine details, uh, and so that can totally change a movie around for me. Movies like Suicide Squad, I mean, 
The writing was not exceptional. However, we did have some very experienced actors with, you know, Will Smith and Margot Robbie, and they did an amazing job, especially with the stunts, and that's one thing that I loved, was each shot was very, very crisp with the camera, and it's because the actors did most of their own stunts. They didn't have to, you know, jostle the camera around, and then you're kind of like, who's punching who, what's going on, kind of thing. So it just made it a little bit more palatable for me, and I love that about it as well as whoever did the soundtrack for that movie. Oh my goodness. They paired each scene so well with the music, as well as the emancipation of Harley Quinn. That one also had really, really good music, much better stunts, and much better screen quality. I absolutely love that. Just each shot was crisp, especially if you've seen that movie, The Emancipation of Harley Quinn. There's a scene where they're making a breakfast sandwich for Harley and I mean each shot on that is just so absolutely crisp that shot alone makes it one of my favorite movies <laughs> so I'm a little bit quirky in that sense but I I really want to see this movie I heard there's like a lot of bubblegum palette but it's also technically listed as uh I want to say a dark comedy I think they called it a dark comedy. I know that the genre, it, it technically shifts through a bunch of different genres. So it'll definitely be interesting to see. But that's, that's just kind of one of the random things that I want to spend my quarantine time doing or corona time. Because my daytime job is in banking. So I never really had a quarantine. <laughs> While everyone was stuck at home, I was unfortunately stuck dealing with the masses of people that believe that um, the bank would not have any money, that we would just, I don't know, that like the largest bank in the country would just go bankrupt and that no one would ever get their money back. And people have like weird conspiracies that banks are not actually FDIC insured. It's just a whole thing. It's really weird. I mean... I could do without the the grouchy people and I, I could talk about for days and hours and years how much I absolutely hate my job, um, but I won't. I won't subject you guys to that, uh, at least not yet. <laughs> Let's get to know each other a little bit more before I, I subject you to work drama. But I mean, I've learned a lot from working in banking. It's really been a great convenience to me and it's helped me prioritize a little bit some things in my life just because I went to public school, the education system doesn't really teach you life skills, unfortunately. I was never really taught how banking works. Like my parents taught me, but you know, I, I knew how to write a check and stuff like that, but you don't really get financial knowledge and it's it's kind of it's it's really sad. It's a really sad thing to think about. I had one client come in. It was a young girl born in like 2002. So she's 18, maybe 19. Um, and she basically was coming in to close out some accounts that her parents were on because uh, they both passed away. No one at the age of 18 
well, most 18-year-olds are not financially stable, and I couldn't imagine losing both parents at the age of 18 within, you know, months of each other and having to just be financially mature at that age because, let me tell you, when I was 18, <laughs> I, I went to so many house parties. It was honestly a good time. I reminisce back on being 18 and I'm like, oh, I wish I was 18 again because I had fun. I was so annoying. I didn't care about anything, but it was so fun. But yeah, I mean, ugh, like, I don't know how to explain it. I'm grateful that I, that I work in banking, but at the same time, I'm like, working in banking just makes me want to die. It's like the same as working in the food industry, how people say that's like the one place people are mad. Yeah, banking is the second place where people are mad. They're just naturally upset. You could be so nice to someone and they'll literally just be like, I'm having a bad day and I'm gonna take it out on you. And that's where I like internally stick my middle fingers up at customers. I'm like, oh my gosh, not, not this all over again. I honestly, I deal with stuff that I'm like, you would think that these people are animals like you're like you're not treating me like a person I'm not a punching bag but you know <laughs> I think I have more to to vent about this but I'm not just because I'm literally taking a leave from work taking a leave of absence and you know what's kind of funny about that is my boss every time she sees me ever since I turned in the leave she's like how do you feel? And I go, um, good, good. If you say, um, to that question, then <laughs> you're not good. You are not good. And I mean, I don't really know what she expects me to say. I kind of wish she didn't ask me that question because every time she does, what actually goes through my head is, I hate my job. It makes me want to die and it makes me physically ill to be here. Like, it makes me stressed to the point that I'm physically ill and I'm on the verge of like a whole mental breakdown. But yeah, good. Let's just say good, let's not scare people. So <laughs> I kind of wish she doesn't ask me that. Like, I wish she wouldn't ask me that question. I mean, I don't know what other answer she wants. I mean, I'm not gonna tell her the truth, could you imagine I told her the truth? The looks on my coworkers' faces would be like, uh, yeah. <laughs> They'd be like, yeah, not mentally stable. And yeah, I am not mentally stable, at least not right now, but nobody else needs to know that. That's my business, my doctor's business, and apparently you guys' business. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah. I just hate that question. It's like one of my pet peeves, but I have too many pet peeves for for me to expect other people to know them. You know, on a random note, I do have two co-hosts for this podcast. Our first co-host name is Miko, and our second co-host name is Sai. And I'm being completely sarcastic because it's corona time. This is all recorded in my lovely, lovely home. And that means that my two dogs are inevitably a part of this podcast. I love them to death, but if you hear any barking or crinkling or squeaking, that would be them 
doing their thing, just chilling. Or maybe you'll hear some whining just because they want a little bit of attention. But yeah, that's a forewarning. <laughs> my, my dogs are not actually a part of the podcast, but um, we love them. They're in the studio. They're here. They're both great. Uh, Miko is a five-year-old Shiba Inu. They're Japanese dogs. They look like foxes. And Sai is a great Pyrenees, apparently. Um, I got him from a shelter. Let me tell you guys about that, because this will help you get to know me just a, just a little bit. Just, just a little bit. I had been looking for a second dog for a really, really long time. Sai's 15 weeks old, by the way. Apparently, 15 weeks old. But I was on Pet Finder. I saw this dog, Great Pyrenees, mixed with Akita. And, you know, I read about him. I had done research on Great Pyrenees. He just sounded like a really good fit. Super mellow, super quiet dog. Well, when I was on Pet Finder, like the true, you know, free spirit I am, I set the search parameters to anywhere in the United States. Why? I don't know. So he was in a shelter in Arkansas and he was originally named Din, but I don't like the name Din because it reminds me, <laughs> this is completely random, I'm so sorry. Uh, I don't like the name Din, because it reminds me of the word dimwit, so <laughs> so I was like, first things first, name change. And his name uh, is Japanese, his, his actual name is Saiwai, and it means a silver lining, or basically good fortune amongst bad luck, so a silver lining. Anyway. The search parameter was set to anywhere within the United States. It was middle of nowhere, Arkansas. I looked up plane tickets. It was about $1,000 each way. I was not down for that. And also the nearest airport was an hour away. So I would have to spend two grand on the plane tickets plus maybe $100, $200 on a car rental because it was Valentine's Day weekend when I was supposed to go pick him up, you know, after the application was approved and all of the hoopla of adopting a dog. Um, so I decided I'm not gonna waste that kind of money <laughs> and I rented a car, drove the 18 hours to Arkansas, the 18 hours back, and, you know, came home with a second dog. The whole entire drive there, my family was texting me, please don't do this. It's going to be the biggest mistake of your life. I mean, you would literally think that I was, I told them that I was going to try like cocaine or something. I don't know. They were all like, please don't do this. Please think about this. Worst decision you could make. You'll regret this for the rest of your life. I'm telling you don't do this. And the funniest thing is when I brought him home, my dad he was the most against it, and like most men, actually, let me rephrase, like most fathers, sees the dog, and now that's his best buddy. To the point where my dad actually asked me if he could keep my dog. <laughs> like, he wants to have my second dog. I don't know. I think about it. I know that Sai really, really loves my dad, and, you know, 
my Sheba Miko is a drama king. Um, but they're also best buddies. I mean, when I let them outside, they follow each other around. They, you know, they want to copy each other. Miko wants to play with Sai. Sai wants to play with Miko. I mean, they're brothers. They are brothers. And as far as they know, packmates, whatever. But anyway, my dad is obsessed with Sai. He loves Sai. I just, I find it so funny. And I told him that the other day. I was like, remember when you told me not to get Sai? Uh, it's, it's definitely been an eventful time having two dogs. I mean, Sai <laughs> is still in puppy mode, so he's really, really bitey, and that's kind of annoying. And Miko is a drama king, so that's always been annoying. But I love them to death. They're literally my sidekicks. They're my... They're practically my children at this point. I mean, people tell me that I do more for my dogs than they do for their kids. So, I'm a dog mom, 1000%. I'm sorry if you're a cat parent. I love cats too. I just, I love dogs more. <laughs> that's That's been like the epitome of my, my home life is movies, video games, and, and my dogs. That's another thing that I've been like another form of media that I've really been consuming is video games. I have the Nintendo Switch. I honestly love it. I think it was worth every penny. I have the one that pairs with the TV and like the ultimate geek because I decided, you know what, if I'm gonna get the Switch, let's go all out geek. I got like a custom, a custom, a custom skin for like the console holder that like connects to the TV. So it's Pokemon because I mean, I had to throw it back to Pokemon. Come on guys, like that was my childhood. Honestly, you can't tell by my accent, but I'm originally from Canada. And when I first came to the States, I didn't speak any English. And I remember this was like the first cartoon, like American cartoon that I had really ever seen. And so I, I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm feeling nostalgia, I just, I'm gonna get Pokemon. So I have the Pokemon games, I've been playing Mortal Kombat, I tried Fortnite. <laughs> I tried Fortnite, I just think I'm too old for Fortnite. I don't fit, <laughs> I don't fit in with these, these young kids, they're all playing Fortnite. My eight-year-old cousin literally said, I'll show you how to play Fortnite because I said I didn't know how to play. I tried playing, I just died because I sucked at it and I, <laughs> I feel like if you have to Google how to play the game, then you probably shouldn't play the game. <laughs> I've never felt older. I'm sorry. I tried. I literally tried. I tried to fit in with those young kids. I tried Fortnite. I sucked at it. I really, I was terrible. But, um, it seems fun for somebody. I'm just more of a Mortal Kombat kind of gal. I love Mortal Kombat 11. It, like, goes through some of the prior storylines. I'm not going to spoil it. If you haven't played Mortal Kombat, it's super, super violent. So, I mean, if you're okay with that, then sure. But if you don't want to see someone's spine be ripped from their body, like, in a 
video game format, probably not the game for you. But I do like how they have the cutscenes in it, so it's like half video game, half movie. Like, I love that. I think it's great. But yeah, I don't know. I've just been, I've been on a, a video game binge. If it's not having a movie moment or like a nostalgia TV moment, then I'm playing video games. Like, let's go. I love it. All right, I felt like right now is the perfect moment to take a quick break and tell you guys about the Anarco. They're one of my favorite jewelry brands. They make the most adorable bracelets and necklaces you could ever think of. If you want jewelry that shines, shop Anarco. They're going to be launching this May of 2021 in Utah with online availability soon to come. So make sure you follow them on Instagram at the Anarco. And that's spelled T-H-E-I-N-A-R-A-C-O. The Inarco. Welcome back from the break, guys. So nice to talk to you again. I know I wasn't going to complain about work, but I just have to put this story out into the universe so I can let it go. Alright, you ready? Buckled in? Alrighty. At my work... One of the most frustrating things is that over the last year, I've had more and more added to my job role. What I do is I'm an associate banker, so I can print statements, send wire transfers, I can do stuff that tellers do, withdrawals, deposits. Basically, I'm like a mix of both a teller and a banker. The only difference is I cannot open up an account for someone. I can walk you through opening the account yourself since that's an option that most major banks have now is that you can open an account online. I can walk you through that, but I cannot open it myself. What's frustrating is everyone has been complaining about how we're having more and more stuff added to our job role, right? And then the company because they have to pay the licensed bankers commission, they've decided that, hey, well, let's get the associate bankers in the branches more so that we don't have to give as much work to the licensed bankers because we don't have to pay the associate bankers commission. So the bankers get paid maybe quadruple what I get paid. And I'll be 100% honest with you. I, (laughs) one thing that really frustrates me with my job is that I don't make a whole lot. I actually made a lot more money in retail management than I did in banking. Banking, surprisingly, is not as lucrative as you would think. So... I don't know. I just feel like it's not worth having people be so angry and rude and frustrated with me and I'm not really compensated very well and neither is a lot of people in my job role. Um, But anyway, obviously the company is taking advantage of that because they don't have to pay... (laughs) Because they don't have to pay us as much to do something as they would the bankers so they've increased the amount of hours that we have to be in branch and then not only that but they've also increased our job role 
responsibilities, which I think is hilarious because they had the employee surveys and that was the one consistent thing is people that were ABs were saying, you guys are giving us too much to do. We are under a lot of pressure. We already have to multitask so much just to get done everything that's already on our plate. And what did they do? Maybe a week and a half after they got all these reviews, they said, we just want to say thank you so much for everything you guys have done over the last year. And starting this month, we are going to kick it off by adding even more to your job role. So that was pretty frustrating. And uh, a couple days ago, I had a gentleman come in. He needed a document to be faxed. Now, the company has taken away our ability to fax anything outside of the bank itself. We can fax documents between different departments. No big deal. So basically, if you want to send a fax to, I don't know, FedEx, then we can't do that. Like, the system does not allow us. However, the only thing that's worse than that is that people in my job role cannot fax anything. I can't send a simple fax. So I have to ask a banker to fax it. I got frustrated because this gentleman needed to send this fax and, you know, I didn't show it to his face. I was like, all right, that's fine. I can get this fax for you. It will just be a little wild just because I cannot send the fax. No one behind the line can send the fax. It's going to have to be one of the bankers and they're all sitting down with a client right now. And he was like, you know, he wanted it done right then and there. People want instant service. I don't know why. This isn't McDonald's. Like, it's a bank. Like, it's not fast food. We can't do everything right away. Um... I apologize. I let him know. I'll make sure it gets done. He leaves his phone number, begs me to call him as soon as it's sent. I'm like, in my mind, I'm thinking he's fussy. It's whatever. I'm not mad at him. I'm not mad at him at all. He just had to send a fax. He had a claim. It's not a big deal. Um, I have no issues with him doing that. I was just frustrated because it's like you see it and you're like, great, a fax. I can't do that. So I take his documents I see one of the bankers, he finishes his appointment first. I say, hey, we're gonna call him Chad. Chad, can you fax this document in for me? And he goes, sure. And then I was like, oh, once you send it, let me know so I can call the client and let him know that it's sent. He was just really insistent. He wanted to make sure that it got done. So I was like, I'll go ahead and I'll make the call. Just let me know when it's done, but you know, I don't care when it's done. It, you could literally take all day to do it, send it in at the end of the day. Not a big deal. Anyway, he's like, okay. He tells me he sent it in maybe like 20 minutes later. He's like, yeah, I sent it in. Okay, cool. I call the client. The client's super grateful. Great. Day goes on. It's just a normal day. And then another customer comes in and he's like, yeah, I have to do a fax. And in my head, I'm like, oh, you're kidding. Like, two of these in a row. It's so annoying. So I take the documents. I make a copy. I send the customer on his way. I'm like, I'll make sure it gets sent in. 
blah, blah, blah. Have a great day. Customer goes on his way. I take it up with me to the front. I'm doing a wire transfer for somebody else. Not a big deal. Like I'm finishing up the wire transfer. And the wire was probably for like, I don't know, 100,000. Uh, honestly, they all blur together. Not That's not the point. Anyway, the wire, I was paying more attention to the wire. I just had the documents in front of me. It didn't really matter who did it. Chad just so happened to walk back where I was and there was two other tellers near me. I finished the wire. Chad was back there. Chad was having a conversation. He finished the conversation. I said, oh, hey, Chad, can you just send in this other document? Somebody else dropped off something to be faxed. And Chad, in front of everybody else, except for the manager, because managers are always gone when stuff goes down. I don't know what it is. They're always MIA when stuff is going down. Chad looks me... (laughs) Guys, I want to punch Chad even just repeating this story. Chad looks me in the eye and says, I'm not your personal assistant. What the heck, Chad? I can't send the stupid facts or else I would send the stupid facts. It's a dumb facts. It takes one minute if you're slow at it. Like, ah, so annoying. Company makes everything harder for me. Then Chad's telling me he's not my personal assistant. Like, duh, you're not my personal assistant. If you were my personal assistant, you'd be fired right then and there. You're not going to talk to me like that. That's so rude. Oh my gosh. Anyway, that came out of Chad's mouth. That came out of Chad's mouth. So I just had to shut down. I was like, oh, no, mm -mm, mm -mm. I'm not dealing with that today. Not at all. So I don't say anything. Chad walks away because he was Anyway, Chad walks away. I don't say anything because I, when I hit that boiling point, it's like I, I just keep my mouth shut because the next things that come out of my mouth are, I don't know, satanic, I guess. Um, <laughs> at least I have the common sense to keep my mouth shut when I'm angry. Like, you have nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. Anyway, Chad walks away. The one teller, Mary, goes, was he serious? And I go, yeah, he was dead serious. And she's like, what a jerk. And then I started crying, not because I was sad, because I wanted to beat the life out of Chad. That's why I started crying. I started crying because I couldn't hold in the anger anymore. So, oh gosh, (laughs) this is where the story goes down south. Um, Anyway, I'm crying. I wiped my tears. It wasn't like a cry cry. Let's rephrase I was teary-eyed I wiped my eyes Mary's like don't cry he's a jerk the other teller is standing there in shock like he's a newbie by the way this newbie is standing there in shock like what in the world did I just become a part of boy I would run if I were you but hey uh (laughs) whatever I I like Oh my gosh, I literally am having secondhand embarrassment just thinking about this. I go to the room over because there's no cameras in there. I need like 30 seconds to gather myself together. And like a sociopath, I don't cry for a long time, okay? But I need you guys to just have the context of I 
have severe general anxiety disorder. And last month, or yeah, about last month, end of February, I had a severe, severe panic attack. And I haven't really had the chance to recover. And one of my triggers, as weird as it is, I've had this trigger forever, is I can't cry. Something about crying just, it, I don't, it gives me anxiety. And it's a whole thing. But anyway, I don't like crying. Crying just, it makes me feel sick. I just, I hate it. I hate crying. I hate showing weakness. I hate all of that. So I go in the next room over because it's right by the line. I know I'm not going to cry cry, but I was like, get it together crying. Like, only for 30 seconds. (laughs) When I think back at this, I'm like, it's not that embarrassing. But for 30 seconds, I had like a deep sob cry. I had a deep sob cry. It was for like 30 seconds. It could not have been that long. I wipe my eyes and then completely just disassociate because that's what I do to to move on. I'm like, I'm at work. I was literally, I took a deep sob cry in my head. I'm like, I hate this job. This job makes me want to die. And this is exactly why I'm going on leave. Like situations like this, I'm sick and tired of not only clients being rude to me, but like there's no teamwork in that building. It's like something else. But anyway, <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing at it now because I'm so embarrassed. Well, you'll understand a little bit more about why I'm so embarrassed in a bit. I deep sob cry, 30 seconds, wipe my eyes, go back out to the line. My coworkers are like, you can go sit and like calm down if you want to. No, I, I decline. I'm like, no, it's fine. I'm just frustrated. And I told them, as frustrated as he is that I'm asking him to send the facts is how frustrated I am that I can't send a simple fax. The company makes it so difficult for me to do one simple thing. One simple thing. Send a fax. Not difficult at all. So I'm like, as frustrated as he is, that's how frustrated I am. Anyway, I just have to ignore the situation because that's just how I am. I don't want to dwell on it. I don't want to think about it because if I think about it, then what will happen is I will literally walk out of that building and I will never show back up ever again. I'll literally sit at home in my bed and do nothing ever again. Like I'll just leave. They'll never see me. They'll call me be like, are you coming to work today? And they'll never hear from me ever again. You will never see me in town. I will just, nah, I'm gone. Like peace. I've never, like, I would walk out of that job. Like, I would walk out of it like, like, I didn't care in the first place. Like, that, like the job never existed. <laughs> That's why I don't want to think about it, okay? So, <laughs> so, so I have to move on from that. I'm taking a transaction. I have another guy. He's doing withdrawal. It was a large withdrawal. That's all I remember about it. Maybe it was like 8000 I guess not that large. $8,000, $9,000, something like that. I am have the money dispensing. I'm grabbing it. I'm just double checking that the right amount dispense. Chad comes back. Mind you, this, this is about 30 minutes later. Chad goes, hey, I just wanted to say I'm sorry, but I was just joking. I was just joking. 
Now I hate this apology. Why? Because by saying I was just joking, you're basically putting the blame on me. Like, you're basically saying, I'm sorry that you took me too seriously. Like, you're directing your apology on the fact that I got irritated. Like, it's not a... It's not a genuine apology. That's what I hate about it. It's an apo- like it's a cop out. It's not an apology at all. It's a cop out. Like, I'm sorry that you got offended by a joke. That's basically what you're saying. Like, read between the lines, people. I would have been perfectly okay if he would have said, "Hey, listen. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to snap at you. I was just really frustrated at the moment." That's it. I, I don't even need a long apology. Could have been those that like could have been one sentence. I'm sorry. I was just frustrated. I would have taken that apology. That's a genuine apology. As frustrated as you are, that's how frustrated I am. We're frustrated for two different reasons. Maybe you're just frustrated you had a bad day. Maybe you're just frustrated clients were getting nasty with you. I don't know what you were frustrated at. But then just saying, I'm sorry. I was just joking. Yeah. Not genuine. So, of course, I respond in a snarky way because I just want to move on from this and pretend it never happened. So I literally just go, okay, I don't care. That's what I said to his apology. I said, okay, I don't care. I, I can't send the facts, so it doesn't really bother me. It, like, it doesn't bother me. At this point, it, if, it doesn't get, if it doesn't get done, it doesn't get done. It's not my fault. It's not my problem. It's not my job. After I said that, I just turned back to the customer, I put his money in the envelope, sealed it up with the receipt, I said, there you go, you have a great rest of your day. Basically, I just dismissed Chad. I don't have time for that, Chad. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> you're not going to give me attitude and then give me some fake apology and then me be like, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, I just... You know, I got upset because blah, blah. No, mm-mm. I don't care. I don't care, Chad. That's my answer. You're sorry. I don't care. Come back at me if you have a genuine apology. I hate apologies in the first place, but I think what's worse than sitting through someone's apology is sitting through a fake apology. So, no. No. Now, here's why I'm embarrassed. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Here's why I'm embarrassed. I had my sob cry, okay, in the room. <laughs> oh my gosh, I had my sob cry. And where I had my sob cry, today, at work, someone was in that same room. They were having a conversation. And it was by the printer. I was at my work, and someone was having a conversation in that same room. And they were not even talking loud, they were talking at a normal voice level. And I could hear bits and pieces of their conversation. So that means, that means that newbie and Mary heard my sob cry, heard me talking to myself like I was having a manic moment and talk about how this is why I'm going on leave and this is why I hate my life and my job. Ah! I'm so embarrassed. They heard that. And then I realized oh my gosh, they must have called Chad on the phone and told him that I was really upset and that's why he came over to apologize. Uh, uh. 
I'm so embarrassed. And now I don't want to see a newbie guy. I haven't seen a newbie guy since. And I don't want to see him ever again. Because that's so embarrassing to me. The idea of like people hearing me cry and have like a mini mental breakdown irritates me. And it wasn't even like, it wasn't even like a panic attack. It was just like a little cry episode. But that's so embarrassing. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> anyway, that's that's a story I needed to just get off my chest. I just needed to to put it out in the universe so I can let the embarrassment go. I know this will be funny at some point, but um right now right now I'm just laughing out of sheer embarrassment. So um don't mind me. Uh life goes uphill, right? I know life goes uphill. Um, anyway, that's that's my little work story that I just had to share with you all. Luckily, like I said, I'm taking a leave of absence, so I don't have to be around wonderful Chad or any of the clients that I have these wild stories about. I know today has been a little bit of a shorter episode, but don't worry. I have a lot of great episodes coming out. And I'm so excited to share them with you guys and for you guys to meet some of the wonderful guests that I'm going to have on the podcast. Make sure that you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on any upcoming episodes. And for now, this is a goodbye from the Good Morning, Good Night podcast.